0: Welcome to the Stewardship Leader Podcast, brought to you by the Christian Stewardship Network. CSN exists to encourage, teach, and connect church and stewardship leaders to help them create and lead healthy stewardship ministries in their church. You can learn more about CSN at christianstewardshipnetwork.com. Hi everyone, thank you for joining us. I am your host, Leo Sabo. And before we start today's episode, I wanted to give a shout out to every person who filled out our survey. Your answers to the questions that we asked have been very helpful in helping us to have a better understanding on how CSN can come alongside you with resources, with content that will help you to better serve the members of your church. I also wanted to thank all of you who are connecting with us on social media and through our Facebook community, Just know that your interaction and your feedback is what helps us to all be better. So be part of the conversation. If you haven't yet had a chance to go on that Facebook group and connect with other leaders, do so. You can ask questions, you can share testimonies, and just be part of a conversation that's ongoing about stewardship and generosity, which is something we all love. In today's episode, I'm going to touch on the two components of a stewardship ministry the generosity side and the stewardship side, and it's really the question of which should you do first as you start out or as you focus on running your stewardship ministry. I've seen a significant amount of content being produced lately on the topic of generosity, from books to blogs to podcasts and small group studies. There's been a significant amount of content being created lately, and I'm really excited about this because generosity is such a crucial part of who we are, especially as believers. The most beautiful expression we as people can make is by engaging in acts of kindness. And who doesn't love seeing acts of kindness, of generosity? It's when we see acts of kindness and charity that we are drawn in and we notice something that's more than physical or natural. It's spiritual. So I love seeing all the recent increase in focus on generosity because of the potential it holds, both for the church but also for our world. But I'm also a little concerned. As the emphasis on generosity has increased, I've also noticed that the focus on stewardship has decreased. This imbalance, if not addressed, I believe will have a significant consequence in the future of our churches. As church leaders, when teaching on generosity, there are two questions we should ask. Number one, what is our motivation? And number two, what and how should we teach our church members about generosity? So let's start with the first one. What is our motivation? As a pastor, I have a personal understanding of the need churches have for resources. I believe the scripture is clear that those called to full-time ministry should make their living from that ministry. It's biblical. Pastors who start or work at a church depend on people's generosity, not only to provide funds for the church to function, but also to provide them a way to support their families. It's a huge step of faith to start a church. And it can also be a great source of pressure for the leadership of any church. We've all heard of the 80-20 rule. In the church world, the 80-20 rule applies to generosity. It is generally believed that in most churches, 20% of the people, through their giving, provide a majority of the funds needed to keep the church alive. That means 80% give nothing at all or not enough to make a difference. A senior pastor would be quite motivated to change that but before he does, he should ask the question, what is my motivation? Am I motivated by the fear that if I can't convince more people to give, I'm out of a job? Or am I motivated by the deep concern for the spiritual condition of my people? The fact that their lack of giving probably reveals a poor spiritual condition. Am I more concerned about my physical needs or their spiritual health? Now, I've never been a senior pastor of a church, so I can't speak from experience, But I can't imagine many senior pastors who haven't battled through financial lack and at least once preached on giving, not out of faith, but fear. It's a heavy burden to carry, no doubt. But only if you do it out of your own strength, instead of trusting and relying on God alone for your provision. So here's the challenge before us. Churches have needs. Pastors feel pressure to keep the church alive and thriving and growing. The obvious answer, at least in a natural sense, is getting more people to give and getting those who give to give more. Therefore, as more resources are developed and more organizations provide a service for how to increase your giving quickly, it's easy to just focus on the money because it solves the problem, or at least we think it does. What's hard is not focusing on the money. It's easy to ask people to give to your next project. It's harder to take years to disciple people in their own stewardship and trust that they will become givers in time one is now the other is down the road this is why talking about generosity alone is dangerous because the temptation to do it for the quick return is too great and under financial pressure not many pastors can stand against it and it's easy to give into it the better approach is to teach and equip your people to be good stewards To equip them to manage their finances so that they can remove debt, build savings, provide for their families, and find freedom, true financial freedom, from bondage. This doesn't mean you wait to talk about generosity. No. You preach it, you teach it, and you model it. And then you'll see God working in their lives, transforming them into good and faithful stewards who will be lifelong givers. They will give because they have a conviction. And they trust God not because they were motivated by a fiery preacher that stirred them emotionally to give in the moment. Our motivation for teaching on generosity will determine our approach. So let's ensure that our approach is balanced, to include stewardship as well as generosity, so that God's people and ultimately God's kingdom can benefit. The second question we should ask as church and as stewardship leaders is, what and how should we teach our church members about generosity? As a stewardship pastor, I had a deep desire to help people understand this concept of generosity. I knew that if people could grasp the real reason why God wants them to be generous, it would positively impact their lives. In fact, they would experience a happier and more fulfilled life as a result. I also realized, though, from personal experience that to be a generous person meant having the means to give. You had to have the ability to give in order to be generous, which means that stewardship, the proper management of resources, had to be part of that equation. So, as I began to build the stewardship ministry, I found that there was a bit of a tension between focusing on generosity and focusing on stewardship, as if there was a competition between the two. Of course, having a desire to be generous is different than actually being generous. Often, when coaching someone in their personal finances, when we would get down to the details, more times than not, there was a financial struggle going on. That's why people seek financial coaching. It's not because things are going well. It's because things aren't going well. There's usually more money going out than coming in. And in these kinds of situations, rarely would I see someone who was giving consistently. And as we talked about it, I realized that the reason for their lack of giving was not a lack of desire. As a matter of fact, most of them felt guilty for not giving and had a deep desire to please God by tithing or giving consistently to their church, but they simply could not see a way they could do it. So we need to understand that a lack of generosity doesn't mean people don't understand or that they just simply don't want to give. By and large, the reason for the lack of generosity that we see in our churches is an inability to give. Yes, there is an ignorance. There is even an opposition to giving. I will give you that. That is very true. But my personal experience after counseling literally thousands of people, there's very few that I ever remember having an attitude against giving. And most of them wanted to talk about it, but they felt a bit of shame. They felt like they were falling short of this goal of being generous. So I think we need to be very aware of that. I remember when I first started training our volunteers in the stewardship ministry at our church. I had many conversations, some were even quite heated, about the ways we should address giving within members who were going through our financial coaching program. Some people on our team were adamant that we should make tithing a priority. In their minds, if people had a chance to get out of the mess they were in, they needed to start trusting God and begin tithing right away. Their argument was, If they want God to help them, they have to stop robbing God. And I totally understand that. I believe it. It's scriptural. But I also believe that giving, as we all would agree, is an act of faith. In other words, when you give, you have to exercise faith. It takes faith to give away what you have today when you don't know what awaits you in the future. The rational thing for us is to save and to store up for the future. And the Bible even instructs us to do so. Let's look at a couple of scriptures here. Proverbs 6 says, Take a lesson from the ants, you lazy bones. Learn from their ways and become wise. Though they have no prince or governor or ruler to make them work, they labor hard all summer, gathering food for the winter. So we see the principle of saving in that scripture. We also look at, at Proverbs 13, 11, which says, Wealth gained hastily will dwindle, but whoever gathers little by little will increase it. So we see that these verses encourage saving for the future. Are they wrong? Are they in contradiction with the other principles that we're supposed to follow, like giving and providing for the needs of our family? Well, since I am a believer and I believe that the Bible is God's inspired word, I know that God's faithful and accurate in all that he says. Therefore, it must be that these scriptures are true and that they are not in contradiction, that these principles are all relevant and something we're supposed to do. According to God's word, somehow, we are supposed to do all three. We are supposed to give, save for the future, and still have enough to live on every day. But this is where the rub is. You see, when I'm looking at someone's finances and see a deficit, meaning that there are more financial commitments every month than their income can meet, it is difficult to convince them to start tithing or giving regularly. When they do the math, their math makes it seem impossible. Now, those of us who have some experience with giving know it's not about the math. In fact, God's math is different than our math. But we have to be sensitive to the condition and the position that people are in if we are to help them become generous. And that should be our goal. I believe God can help anyone get to the other side of of a financial mess, but it is rarely the same journey for every single person. As stewardship leaders, there are some things we need to understand if we are going to be effective in discipling people in generosity and in stewardship. The first thing I think we need to be aware of and know is that change and transformation takes time. We have endless examples in nature and in our own lives that prove this. Yet we think that one sermon, one counseling session, or one class will move them from where they are to where they should be. The truth is, any significant change a person tries to make in their lives will be met with opposition. Sometimes it's an attitude or belief that will take time to overcome and change. Other times it's more practical, like making more money and cutting back on spending. It's unreasonable to expect these changes will happen quickly and easily. We must allow for that, and it's going to take some time. Second thing we need to know is that every person is unique and has a unique path that will determine their journey and the process they will need to go through to get to the other side. As much as I wish I could create a seminar or teaching that would provide all the necessary information to educate and equip every person on this topic of generosity and stewardship, that's just not going to happen. There are too many variables, too many differences for one thing, no matter how good it is, to address this need. We have to embrace the reality that it will take a variety of tools and resources to get the job done. The good news is we do have one constant, a solid foundation to build from, and that's God's word. As long as we start from that foundation, whatever we do, and whomever we minister to, it will have an impact. The third thing that we need to know is that there's a process to discipleship in stewardship and in generosity, but it's rarely the same for everyone. For some, a deep dive into God's Word on the topic will spark the passion for becoming a good and generous steward. Once they have a revelation of God's Word on the matter, they will do the rest no matter how difficult it may be, because they have a conviction, something that's driving them. For others, however, a more practical approach is necessary, like guiding them through the process of getting out of debt, budgeting, earning more money, and cutting back on spending. It will take time for them to get around to the spiritual side of things because the focus for them right now is to make the finances work. And if we focus just on the spiritual and not give them the practical, it's gonna be very hard for them to stay engaged So we have to realize that some people are impacted one way and others are impacted another way. But what I love about the way God works in our lives is that there's grace. No matter how you approach this, no matter who you're ministering to, God sees that person. God knows that person. He knows their hearts. He understands their thinking. If they're analytical and they're thinking about the numbers, guess what? God made them that way. They can't divorce themselves from that any more than they can remove their head from their bodies. They're going to approach this problem that they see in a very logical way. And if you just give them a bunch of scriptures, unfortunately, it may not work because they have to approach it from the perspective that they can do in the moment and in the situation they're in. I've learned over time as I've done different workshops and different classes that when people are overburdened with financial stress and anxiety. Whether that was debt or something else that was causing it, what I found is that unless I addressed their felt need, preaching to them was actually pushing them further away from receiving the actual answer. And I know, and you know, that the answer is in the Word of God. But unfortunately, sometimes where we are in our human body, in our mind, and in our physical state, doesn't allow us. It prevents us from really hearing the truth. And sometimes, just like spreading the gospel, you have to find ways that you can reach people. You can't thump them with the Bible over their head and saying, you know, if you don't repent, you're going to hell. And in the same way, we have to think about how to approach teaching people stewardship and generosity. And as I've said, sometimes generosity is the motivator. Other times, stewardship is the motivator. They're both necessary, however. So here's my point. You need both. And depending on who you're ministering to, you'll either approach it from the generosity side or you'll approach it from the stewardship side. And regardless of which one you do or which one you begin with, you still have to cover both, right? We don't want to get people on a budget, get people financially free, but then have them become stingy and self-centered. No, We want to teach them that the goal of being a good steward is that they would be generous as the scripture says that god would increase them and bless them so that they can be a blessing but it has to be done in a way that the person's open to receiving it and our sensitivity as stewardship leaders is to discern where the person is and to know which approach to take to not take a hard stance on it to allow grace just as god's given us grace to allow grace to guide us on how we should proceed with that person. To understand that it's going to take time. To understand that it's going to take a process. And to not disregard the uniqueness of every person. To realize that their past, their experiences, and even their relationship to God will determine the way they proceed through this journey. Some will take longer than others to experience revelation and change. But we must not give up, trusting that it is God and only God through His Holy Spirit that brings revelation and wisdom. Well, as I said at the beginning of this episode, I'm excited about the increased focus on generosity. I love to see the church leading in the area of generosity. And I'm grateful for you, for listening, for being a leader in the stewardship movement. And if we can be of help to you, please don't hesitate to ask. You can reach us through our website or by emailing me, leo, at christianstewardshipnetwork.com. While on our website, please take advantage of all the resources we offer. Attend our annual forum coming up in March of 2020. If you're new to this movement, there's no better place to connect with like-minded and compassionate and passionate stewardship leaders. We represent hundreds of churches in the US, the United Kingdom, and in Australia. We'd be honored to meet you and connect with you. Well, that's all the time we have for this episode. Remember, God has called you to be the best steward you can be. So be that faithful steward. But go one step further, teach others to do the same.